And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. Juice, as of this episode's recording, it is before WrestleMania, but as of its release, it will be after WrestleMania. And you and I both are very excited for the show of shows this year. I actually think this is going to be one of the better WrestleManias in a little bit. I feel like all the matches that are on it are good quality, relatively decent storylines outside of like Lesnar and Omos, because that's just fucking weird. How did that match come to be? But at, at the same time, the story in line and build to it, I'm getting a little bit more like, okay, wait a minute, something interesting might happen here. But one of the particular stories that we want to talk about is that of the condom himself, Dominic Mysterio. Now, he has a match at WrestleMania officially against his father, Rey Mysterio. And it begs the question, should he win at WrestleMania against his dad? Yes, because he's the hero. His dad's the villain, hot take. I think I finally realized it when uh, that the Mysterio parents are the villains. When uh, poor Dom was being attacked by his father, which that's that's a crime don't hit your children everyone that's bad and uh she was clapping for her husband what a terrible mother and i don't know they're just they're bad people i mean they ray brought this wrath that dom has been bringing to him on his own that it's ray's fault completely trying to make dom sit in his shadow by being his little tag team whipping boy and then Ray uh, refusing to just give him the match that he wanted, refusing to give his son. Just he, his son just wanted to have a nice, fair match with his dad to vent his frustrations. And Ray has just been ducking him for months. Uh, he even ran away to another brand because he's a coward. Ray Mysterio, he needs to lose because the con, the con Dom is in the right, Judgment Day is in the right. And now it will be Rey Mysterio's Judgment Day because he will fall. I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I, I, You've convinced me. Rey Mysterio is truly the heel, the villain. The con Dom did nothing wrong. He just wants to have a catch with his dad, you know? He just wants to have a catch. A little, little wrestling match, you know? Probably back like they did back in the day, you know? I'm, I'm sure that Rey has, like, thrown Dom, like, off the couch at some point in their lives. I know, like, I used to like fake wrestle with my dad and like, he would just like choke slam me onto the couch every now and then. Like you, that's what you do, right? It's John just wants to relive that magic at WrestleMania and Ray just denied and denied and denied. And now we finally have it. 
But talking realistically now, I do actually think that Rey should put Dom over here, not only for the fact that Rey Mysterio is going into the Hall of Fame this year, not only for the fact that it's potentially Rey Mysterio's swan song. I think it'd be very nice for Rey to put over Dom. I think that the two of them have probably been having an idea of a match with each other for a very long time. So the match will probably be well thought out. And I think that Ray is a veteran enough to carry Dom, who I think is still a little greener. I don't, I think that he's gotten a lot better in terms of his in-ring ability, but I think overall the two are going to tell a fascinating story at WrestleMania. That's truly one of the matches I'm excited for just because of the storyline. And like I said, to kind of kick off the show, there are a lot of storylines going into this WrestleMania that I'm really interested in. And I'm just curious if there's any other specific on the stories, since this is being recorded before WrestleMania, uh, if there's any stories that interest you prior to watching the show. There's really not many that, that don't. I mean, Brock and even the ones that don't interest me that much or as much as other ones, I'm still interested to see how they unfold and what happens in them, like Brock versus almost like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that will be presented. Um, the tag team showcases. I mean, those are matches just to cram people on the card, but like they'll, they'll still be solid matches. I think the men's tag match will be uh, pretty good. I think that'll be a good match. That's full of uh, eight, eight guys. I'm huge fans of. And um, they definitely deserve to be in WrestleMania. I just think it's time you got to trim the card down. Yeah, that, that'll be a good match. The women's tag match, I'm sure that'll be solid. Liv, Mor- Liv Morgan deserves to be on WrestleMania. So I'm glad that she's on it some way because that's definitely someone that should. I mean, I would have rather like give her a singles feud and just add another women's match that way. But... And this is fine too, because Chelsea Green amuses me and she's in the match. But matches, you asked about stories that interest me. Seth versus Logan Paul, that's definitely one of the ones that draw my attention the most. I think Cena versus Austin Theory, I'm curious to see the finish. I, I think that's the thing that really, I mean, the match I think will be pretty good, but I'm just curious which way they're going to go with the finish, how the winner's going to win. I think it's going to be. Weird. I don't think it's. I. I think it's definitely gonna be a, a de- very debatable finish. I think it'll definitely be controversial, and get the people going, in your opening match of night one because that's what I heard it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great card. It's one of the cards I've been most excited for. So many great storylines and matches to look forward to. Yeah, I agree with all of those, and and even the Brock almost stuff. Like the way in was was pretty interesting so i'm excited to see um obviously with the bloodline stuff with kevin owen Sami Zayn, cody rhodes roman reigns all of that is so interesting i think it's going to be a great culmination of wwe telling a phenomenal story over the past year and a half two years technically almost three with roman reigns being champion and I'm excited to see it all culminate. I do truly believe we're going to get a lot of title changes. I don't know if I, I don't think Cena's going to win. I'm going to put the prediction out and this will be after. So of course it's all going to be hearsay when you guys hear it, but I'm going to make the prediction that Cena will not win. I, I, I don't know. Now I'm going back and forth on it. Do I want Cena to win though? Kind of because like, I'd be interested to see an open challenge. Cause like that was one of the best parts of John Cena in like 2016 was the open challenge. Granted, Alberto Del Rio read it, but that was the worst part of it. 
So I don't know. I'm a little indifferent. I think I actually will be happy either way. But I do predict a lot of title changes to happen at WrestleMania this year. I think it's just the question of which. I would also love to see Sheamus win the Intercontinental Championship because I do want Gunter to start becoming a main eventer. I do want to see him start chasing that world title, and I do think that he should be the person to take that title off of Cody Rhodes if and when that happens. But on the topic of world titles, Juice, there was another major world champion that had something happen to them that we never, ever like to see, especially in pro wrestling, and that is Josh Alexander has vacated the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship due to injury. Now, you are our resident Impact guy around here, Juice, so I'll let you take it away with telling the story. Yeah, uh, Dorn Tricep Tear. He officially already broke the record for longest impact world title reign. And I'm sure it was going to end at rebellion to Steve Macklin, who is now facing Kushida for the title for the vacant title. But uh, it's sad to see it end this way. I was really excited for that match there. Josh's technical, but still pretty physical style versus Steve Macklin's this brawling style, I think would have led to a very entertaining and, just brutal match full of suplexes and uh just hard hit hits and um i'm kind of bummed we don't get see it but we'll see it down the line eventually not in the same way it's not gonna be macklin as challenger or probably macklin as champ but uh it'll be a banger when it happens hope josh uh rests easy he's a former guest of the show you know it's been I guess right side, he could spend some more time with his family, but it's a bummer to see him from the ring. He's so talented. He had a real, he had a great reign. The guy is just, uh, yeah, so many classics, but I'm curious to see if Macklin has what it takes to be the guy. Or who knows? Maybe Kushida will win. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I am pretty positive that Macklin will walk away. The champ, he's just, um, did his evolution from when he was in NXT to to now has just been crazy. Look forward to seeing it. And uh, Impact's doing some great things. As we're talking about this, we're the day before their crossover pay-per-view with New Japan. So um, that'll be one. That'll be a great show. And so many at Ring Honors on Friday. So many great shows. But yeah. You know, rest easy as Josh, and there's not much more to really add to that situation. Yes, I, I like that you joked that Vacant gets another world championship under their belt, and that's true. Vacant has a multiple, multiple, multiple time world champion, probably has the most well-decorated career in wrestling history, truly, and there is nobody that compares to Vacant. But he loses his titles very easily, though. I will say that. And yes, and I also want to add to uh, that Josh Alexander has a speedy recovery. I am excited for this impending reign of Steve Macklin, also a former guest of this show. Somebody who, talking to him, seems like that they have a great head on their shoulder. Like you said, a big evolution of who they were to who they are now. And I think that Impact um, is going to do well with Steve at the helm, or Kushida for that matter too. Kushida is a well-rounded veteran, and I feel like we'll always get eyeballs to the television no matter what he's doing. And Juice, speaking of vacated world championships, there's a certain man in a certain company who lost a certain world championship for, some might say, bitterness. And of course, that man is CM Punk. 
and I love CM Punk. I've always loved CM Punk from his days debuting to WWE to his days of returning to AEW to wrestle. I liked CM Punk. I think he is a legit draw. His matches in AEW are a different story. I never thought they were that bad, but I never thought that they were the caliber of AEW matches, especially their main event feuds. But he recently has took to uh, his Instagram story and uh, posted some comments and made some remarks that a lot of people were uh, not so favorable of, I think is the best way to say it. More or less burying mocks, which like mistake first off, because Mox is going to get on whatever platform he's going to get on, a.k.a. Renee's sessions, and just bury you. Like, Moxley seems like a relatively level-headed dude, relatively normal, normal in the sense of, like, easy to work with. But, like, man just wanted to recreate Rocky Three. All right? Man just understands good underdog comeback stories, and he wanted to create that. And it's not even like Mox wanted to like be the guy to go over. Like he seemingly at least wanted to recreate it, wanted to, you know, create that like pummeling and then coming back and dominating. I I don't know. I just don't get it. Like I really truly saw the CM Punk Instagram story remarks and I was just like, what what are you trying to prove? Who, who is this against? Who is this versus like, Mox just literally nothing about what your story is saying to me makes it seem like Mox or anybody else involved is doing anything wrong. I, I don't know if you had the same opinion or not, or, or what you thought of it in general. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of just whining. And then I don't know if you saw the stuff that came up today, but you said more. Um, he just keeps whining, dude. Definitely. It's hard to take his side in the way that he presents his stuff. It's kind of, I don't know. It's Weasley. It's kind of just a cowardly way to approach it and deal with your problems. And like you said, Mox has never, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Mox character, but he's never like really seemed like that a guy with a big ego to me. But Punk has always. <laughs> I love him. I, I mean, I used to love him. And at, at points I still do. And I think some of his AEW matches were really good. Like, I love the MJF feud. That's one of my favorite AEW feuds. A couple of my favorite matches. It, it's just, he needs to shut up. <laughs> and he he's just confusing me. Like, he says stuff like this, but then there's comments that he wants to go back to AEW. So I don't, I don't know. He's just confusing me. I think he's just not getting his way. So he, he's not getting his way by, they weren't bringing him back to AEW. So he decided to just take it out and then, I don't know. He deleted his comments thinking that people aren't going to see it. People are obviously going to see it, buddy. <laughs> Deleting it at this point, why would you even delete it? Like, people screenshots a thing. You're aware of that, I hope. <laughs> he is now, right? <laughs> and you're CM fucking punk. Like, you're the most mystical anomaly in pro wrestling of the last like 10 years. You took your ball and went home. And then you came back to this place and fucking kicked your ball over the place. It, I, I just makes no sense to me. Like uh, that's something about like being a personality and tweeting something or, or posting something and then deleting it. It's like, especially if you're as popular as CM Punk is people are gonna screenshot that people are gonna talk about that. 
unless you did it in like a millisecond, unless you posted it, had that like post post clarity and then was just like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't actually post this. Maybe, maybe you'd have a couple hundred people see it, but like, and you just hope that nobody screenshotted it, but I don't know. It, it's silly. It's high school drama. I really like the response that it got to. Like, I really loved Jericho's response of like, just tweeting out like Matt Hardy doing the delete. <laughs> I really love that. Like everybody essentially took it with a grain of salt. And I don't know. I saw a post from Jim Ross today saying that he believes CM Punk will be back in AEW and more or less that like they need it. And I'm not going to say that they need it because they're really on a hot streak right now. Like they're coming off of having good young world champion, good young TNT champion, Jade Cargill is a TBS champion and the guns are tag team champions. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I'll be honest, but the guns have put in a lot of hard work and I think rightfully so deserve a tag team title reign. That's beside the point. I just think that it would be very silly of them to bring CM Punk back, especially now, especially after all of your top stars being John Moxley, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho have all essentially had beef with punk at this point and all of them are more or less on the side of fuck this dude i don't i just don't see how you can bring punk back now and if you do bring punk back what's the storyline how do you take it how do you handle it backstage can he be can bygones be bygones i truly don't believe that punk can let bygones be bygones jericho i don't think can let bygones be bygones either but he's also not technically the wrong party here so i think i'd give him a little bit more of like a pass for that but either way i just don't understand historically in wrestling that these larger than life personalities especially after they've had tussles and verbal spouts don't get weld together out behind the scenes so like i don't know if you bring him in like you're gonna have to bring him into the mjf feud and then you're gonna make him look silly having mjf beat him when you know, like guys like Hangman Adam Page, guys who got naturally over with the AEW audience, Punk wasn't willing to drop to. So I don't want to say drop either, because drop really isn't the right word. But I don't know. If if you were Tony Khan and bring him back, how would you approach it? I think I would lean into it. Definitely do it as a heel, as long as he's willing. And I know that can be tough because it doesn't matter what crowd it is he's always going to get, it's going to be split or cheers, but we've seen his best work on the mic comes when he's a heel or when he's got something to say, or he's a little frustrated. So I do think it's something they could capitalize on. if They work it all out, keep him away from the people. He has the biggest beefs with the Chris Jericho's, the Moxes, the young bucks. I wouldn't say the Kenny because Kenny seems very agreeable and very forgiving. And Kenny has came out on the topic multiple times and has said that he'd be willing to work with him. And I, I think I believe him when he says it. It's just as CM Punk able looked the other way with Kenny, which I think so too. I think he didn't take as many shots as him as the others. And he, we haven't really seen, seen him take any shots at him recently. So... Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a feud right there, Kenny. And um, see if it can get the interest back and the trust 
in the locker room back with Punk working with one of the locker room leaders. I think that would be a big test to see if it would work. Also, I think CM Punk is probably best for everyone in small doses. So no more full-time, part-time. Make him part-time. Make him a Brock Lesnar. (laughs) We don't need him all the time just for the big matches. And also that way he stays healthy too, which is a huge part of CM Punk's AW career. He just couldn't stay healthy because he's, I don't know, I don't just, I guess, still beat up from the rest of his career. But yeah, I think that's what I do. Yeah, I, and I don't think you're wrong, honestly. If if you do bring Punk back, I think leaning into it is probably the best way to do it. I think that's like how the MJF stuff kind of played out a little bit too, where he they played the phone call that they had with Tony Khan over the money thing, over the speakers, and then he came out and he was the Joker and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I say lean into it, sure. I think that that would be best. But at the same time, you know, you have Kenny coming back into the main event picture. You have Hangman building up another comeback story. You have guys like Ricky Starks who are just waiting, chomping at the bit, ready to go. And you have that fatal four-way that's going to be coming up with the four pillars. So you do have a ton of established young stars already on the cusp of main event stardom. And you already have established guys that can easily be plug and play for any promote or any main event picture that you need them to be in so to me i just think that they should just trust their guys right now you know trust their homegrown guys you know let the guys like the chris jericho's the moxley's the danielson's let them ride out into the sunset let them put over the guys let them kind of continue to work because i feel like another guy too was like daniel garcia i feel like he is also right on the cusp of becoming a singles main event star and He'll probably get a TNT championship or two before he really does get that world title reign, but there's plenty of former TNT champions on their roster right now that I think should be in the main event scene. So I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting situation to follow in the days to come, weeks to come, potentially year to come, but being part-time is definitely a good idea. Keep him for those big matches. Keep him, just have it be like, I don't want to call him like Undertaker-esque in the sense of like, just have it be like somebody challenges him. Not that he's challenging somebody, more like somebody's challenging him. I feel like that could work really well. And it allows him to be a heel. It allows him to have grievances and it allows him to do his best work. Keep him away from post pay-per-view press conferences. No, yes. No post pay-per-view scrums. Um, If I see CM Punk walking out bloodied with a towel, I am instantly going to tune in just because of the shenanigans I'm probably about to see. Uh, And it's not, I'm not tuning in for the right reason, Tony Khan. Just know that I'm not tuning in for the right reason. (laughs) But of course, we hope that you guys are tuning into us for the right reason, because we love doing this podcasting thing. And you guys can let us know about all these topics and more on our social media pages. And Juice, where can the people find us? Well, you go to Twitter and you type capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D, and hit the inst- head to Instagram, do the same thing, T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D, all lowercase. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map, 
on this episode of Top of the Cage. We want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify and you do not leave us a five-star review, that means that you, specifically you, that person leaving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time.